Let's not talk around the subject here. Women are underrepresented when it comes to speaking or participating in tech conferences. It is a male-dominated culture. When I saw Lonnie Rosales had published the ultimate list of Austin women who can speak at your tech event in response to the complaint that there are no women speakers available in the tech industry, I called her right away. As co-founder of the world's largest DevOps conference, All Day DevOps, and as one of the core organizers of the Global DevOps Day series of events, I wanted to hear how the ultimate list came together her motivation for creating the list, and how the tech community has responded to an overt call for women speakers. One of the most surprising topics during our conversation was the continual reference to the vanity of diversity. Lenny is opposed to replacing male speakers just for the sake of having token female speakers or panelists. As she says it, let's not remove male speakers, let's add female speakers. When she said that, it resonated with me. That's how true diversity works. Add women, don't subtract men. Lonnie's vision is to make attendees, all attendees, feel welcome, represented, and given the feeling that their way of thinking is welcome in the room, in the conference, and in the community. That's the true reason for diversity, and that's what we'll be talking about today. Stay with us. This is the DevSecOps Days podcast. DevSecOps Days podcast is supported by OWASP, dedicated to enabling organizations to conceive, develop, acquire, operate, and maintain applications that can be trusted. And with support from the Sonatype Nexus platform, allowing companies to automatically monitor and remediate open source risk. You and I were introduced because of your list of the ultimate women speakers in tech in Austin. Why did you do the list? It, it actually took a lot of time to put it together, and I really procrastinated for a number of years, to be totally frank. There's a speaker series called Ignite. Josh Bear of Capital Factory and I used to host together the Ignite speaker series here in Austin. There was a group that was upset during the event that it was all male speakers, although I was speaking, I guess I didn't count as a woman, but that it was all male speakers. Instead of explaining, look, we take submissions on topic ideas and we strip the name, we strip the company, we strip the email, and all that anybody on the committee reviews is the actual content of what somebody is suggesting. And then we all get voting power and we decide who the speakers are going to be. And then we find out who they are. Instead of just explaining that and saying, look, our process is blind, we were bullied into, and, and I, I wasn't a part of the conversation or else I would have told him to just be quiet, but um, the group was bullied into putting on backup speakers that because they were women. I don't see that as progress for women. Mm -hmm. I see that as a consolation prize for women. It could have been explained and that would have been the end of it. So for a long time, I've been known in Austin as kind of somebody to go to if you need a female speaker for anything tech pretty well networked in Austin specifically, but that, that was really something that irked me. So instead of just complaining about it or listening to other people complain about it, um, I put out word and I asked as many people as I could, Hey, would you be willing to be on a list of women speakers? So that way our city has something to reference so that people don't just have to come to me, but that there is something that they can peruse at their own time 
really tackle that challenge and do it instead of being a consolation prize or some sort of diversity checkbox to really do it to make something more meaningful and produce better results of having more diversity of speakers, therefore a diversity of ideas presented. How did you measure the effectiveness of creating the list? To be totally frank, it's really just been about how many organizations have approached me with the same question. And now I have something of quality to offer them instead of stopping and saying, okay, let me think of who I know in this moment that is you know, available and trying to almost like broker that process. But what I would say is I've already had a lot of people approach me and say, hey, I got a speaking gig through the list, some paid, some unpaid, most in Austin are unpaid, to be totally honest, unless it's a large conference. And they knew that in advance. So I think I would just measure it based on um, the response level of the people that are on the list that are excited that they've actually gotten to speak in places that maybe they normally wouldn't have been asked that are traditionally groups that are mostly male that want more female speakers. A lot of people feel it is like pulling teeth to find those people sometimes because it's not on our LinkedIn profiles. Hey, I'm willing to speak at your event. There's not really like a search mechanism. That's not a bad idea. Wouldn't it be great of just a yes or no? Can't what size event can you speak at? Or are you willing? Yeah. What was the response on LinkedIn? That's where I saw you announce it. IP addresses from Austin. It is still the number one most visited story. Um, And I think it's been out for three months now, maybe. It's still highly trafficked for sure. We still have people reach out and we're also having events that didn't come through us say, hey, by the way, we used your list. Thank you so much. I was surprised when I looked at the list because I went to see the tech people specifically. And then I saw on your list, I'm looking at marketing and or media, things outside of tech. How did you morph into that? So that's probably more affiliated with, we've taken a more holistic perspective of tech since social media kind of got married into it about a decade ago. We have a Facebook group called Austin Digital Jobs, and it's the hub of all tech hiring in Austin. Um, We're not recruiters. That's just one of, we put on an event that helps with that. So really because we marry in that group, Marcom with traditional IT dev type stuff, we went ahead and incorporated that into the list. And the other challenge is with, putting people in different silos, even having people select one area where they would consider themselves focused was very difficult because a lot of people are startup founders. And so they can really speak on any of the things or, you know, let's say that they're consultants and they do a lot more than just one specific area. We included it because we've taken a holistic perspective for a number of years, not just in our publication, The American Genius, but also in our jobs group for tech. We called it digital to embody not just the traditional tech, but also social media, marketing, communications. And in higher education, they're marrying the two a lot as well. And so we felt like this list would have a lot more staying power if we had that sort of inclusion in it. One of the fun things that you have on the ADJ site is <laughs> your flowchart. Yes. Um, that who, who did that? Where did that come from? That was cool. I did that. So that group, um, we have around 45,000 people and it is wild. It is rowdy all the time. And anytime you get a group of a certain size, you're always going to attract, you know, spammers and scammers and everything else. And so with each complaint, at once we saw like a certain level of complaint, we would kind of establish a new rule. And Facebook, when you're setting up a group, you can say, here are the three rules. Well, we have like 800. <laughs> really, if it's a job, you can post it. Otherwise, don't. But it got really complicated. And so we just did a flow chart so that 
it was kind of a joke at first, but it is something that people have really relied on and now other groups are doing as well. No, I thought one of the answers was uh, great. I said, for fuck's sakes, just put this on Tinder. Yeah. <laughs> you can say no. <laughs> Thanks. I came up with that myself. <laughs> no, it's brilliant. It makes you, you're human, you're a person. We're all trying to get this to happen. The more we can be perceived as the human element within technology, the better it's going to be for everybody. Amen. Steve Colbert, who I'm sure you have heard of. I have. Came out, came out with an article two weeks ago that I thought was brilliant. He said, when I go out looking for speakers, I tell people, my Rolodex is fat enough, basically, of males. Only send me females. What do you think of that type of approach? I'm probably on the fringe with my opinion on this topic. And I'll tell you why I struggle with it's well-meaning and it's something that people are doing. And part of why we created the list was to answer to a need that there is in the market. Two things. First of all, a lot of my career has been made on being kind of the token woman. And I really was advantaged by that. It's hard for me to say that everybody should look only at one type because I, I benefited from being one of the only ones at any given time. I'll tell you a quick story. I was on the advisory board at a startup a number of years ago. It became really clear after the first meeting that their idea and their reason for having me on the advisory board was to help diversify the advisory board, which is fine. Diversity is something that I've long written about, something I've long cared about. And every company that has more diversity has better bottom lines, better, better results, just period. But in that meeting, they kept asking me, hey, um, do you know anybody that's maybe gay and Asian? Maybe we could... Or do you know like a black woman who's from the South? And it was just so such arbitrary check boxes. They didn't care about qualifications. They just wanted to have a website that looked really diverse with a diverse advisory board. I struggle with this topic because I don't believe in just diversity for diversity's sake so that you can say, you know, look, we're so diverse. Or, you know, yeah, of course we have female speakers. We're thoughtful. And so there's a big difference between being thoughtful and wanting to improve diversity and check marking boxes. So that's another reason that the list that we created was so important is because these are all really qualified people. There are some that are kind of up and comers and new, and they aren't going to be on stage doing a keynote, but there are others that definitely are. There's nobody that, you know, is a sophomore in college studying something that's on that list. They're all people that I would respect to go on stage that have qualifications. And so my kind of my French beliefs have been married into this list, which is one um, we may be creating more in that vein that doesn't just have arbitrary women for the sake of putting a woman on stage. I've been in that situation where we've had to put somebody on stage that was inferior and it had nothing to do with their gender. They were just an awful speaker. Their content was awful and it was an embarrassment. That's not good for attendees or the conference organizers in any way, shape or form. For me, that's not what I'm trying to do. As an example, the call for papers for all day DevOps is out now. 99% of the applications are already all male. Sure. I don't need any more male speakers. I think that's the thing that I was leaning towards Colbert about because I think he had the right approach. I have yeah. companies that call me and say, we want to recommend a speaker. And I said, well, you know what? I've got all the male speakers I need. Now, that's the dilemma I'm in as a producer that has yeah. 150 people speaking in a, in a single day. 
so to combine Colbert's piece with where you're coming from, because I think where you're coming from is a lot more useful than just kind of the vanity of diversity. So I would challenge anybody that's in your perspective to really think of it instead of how can I push male user, I mean, male speakers away? How can I do that? Instead, using the word, you know, how can I add females to this lineup? We've had to do the same at some of our events and just say, look, in my head, what I'm saying is I have four men on this panel and I would like at least one woman. Can somebody please be willing? So I know that dilemma of just looking at the list going, okay. And so I would challenge anybody that's in that situation that I've been in before to instead think, okay, no more dudes. I don't care anymore. But to think, okay, what are the highest quality and I'm short some women. I would like to add some women instead of subtract some men. That's kind of where I was coming from is instead of adding women to say, you know, old white men are now the devil and that's the group that's popular to hate on. Like instead of doing that, saying, you know, true diversity comes from saying, let's add something to this instead of let's subtract. I would argue that I am not even professing to push men away. I'm saying that they're going to apply anyway. When I've talked to Paula Thrasher and Shannon Leitz and Carolyn Wong, my go-to people on this topic, they said, here's the dilemma. With most guys, if they know 50% of a topic, they're going to get up there and wing it and go just go for it. A woman feels that she has to know the topic inside out before she'll place her reputation on the line to stand up. I find that if we're adhering to stereotypes, I find that to be true. It's- especially in very the technical side of tech. And I think that comes from that does come from a place of negativity wherein, you know, a lot of women stereotypically and traditionally, not all women, uh, but most feel that they have to prove themselves. Whereas a lot of men that are in the same spot in their career feel like they're just going through the natural motions of their career. So there is definitely like a stereotypical difference. Your sector is also quite different. DevOps is so male dominated. And so it's a little easy for me to sit over here and say all this, you know, la 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 stuff, because I'm not in something that's so overwhelmingly male right now. And of course, those things are changing. So I do applaud any part of tech that like yours that is trying to say, okay, I know there are women in this position. I know there are women with this job title. I know there are women qualified. I love that you're saying instead of taking men off stage and just supplementing with women for like the vanity of diversity saying that there are some really skilled female DevOps. Maybe they're not thinking about the speaking portion of their career. Maybe they just don't think they need to and that's fine. But I I love that you're pushing for that. You know, we found luck with using phrases such as I'm short a talented female panelist Hmm. or I'm looking for, um, you know, a mid-level to senior level female X. What I hear a lot is people saying, there aren't any women. Really? (laughs) You're not saying that. That's what I hear all the time. And that's why we created the list is because there are people that say that we just can't find any women. Well, (laughs) do you have LinkedIn? (laughs) Like, it's not hard. Well, the dilemma is I can look at a, a list like yours. I can look at the equal respect group on Facebook, which I'm a part of, things like that. And I can post the message, but I'm not getting the response that I need in order to get the diversity that I'm looking for. Because once again, 
I haven't found the right words to get women to participate in tech conferences. The good ones, yeah, the good ones are always ready to go. They've always helped me out a lot. But as you describe it, the mid-tier, the mid-level, that's a hard group to reach. It is. And I think that's why so many people have tapped me to help improve their the female diversity on their panels is because going back to panelists that you've had in the past that are female and letting them know what your efforts are. Hey, look, our sector is very male dominated. And I want to make sure that we have equal representation on stage as we have in the field and asking, do you know any women? They, they don't have to be professional speakers, but do you know any of your counterparts that you know we could feature? We'd love to have their voice. That's been a big way for a lot of conferences to just grow is to ask. But the challenge is right now, it's sad that right now our industry has to worry about something as arbitrary as like male, female, because at this point, it seems like we should already be on to like worrying about other types of diversity, right? But we're still back at like <laughs> way back here at can we even get somebody that's willing to speak that's a woman? Your your challenge is one that a lot of people have and part of the nexus of creating this list, to be totally frank. I'll tell you, when creating this list, I reached out to several people that said, oh, I, I can't speak. There's a really talented UX person here in Austin. And I've had her speak um, on our panels before. And um, she said, no, I'm not going to sign up for the list because I, I don't want to be contacted by conferences. I'm not qualified. <laughs> I was like, what? Yes, yes, you absolutely are. No, I'm not. I'm not an expert. I'm like, look, dude, you're just as much of an expert as anybody sitting next to you in that office. And I guarantee you, they're all willing to get on stage to advance their career. So you should be too. And, and I think about 30 people on the list were uh, reticent to even talk to me about being on the list, they eventually were willing just by being challenged in that way. So it's complicated for sure. We'll be right back after the break. Last month at the Chaos Engineering Summit, I had someone I had never met before come over and say hello. Hey, I heard your voice and I knew it was you. <laughs> Needless to say, that put a big smile on my face. This is Mark Miller, executive producer of the DevSecOps Days podcast. The podcast is a labor of love, helping to give exposure to DevOps and DevSecOps practitioners who deserve exposure for the work they're doing. This is a broadcast for the practitioner who is interested in security as it relates to DevOps and DevSecOps. I want to continue to grow the community and can use your help. For frequent listeners, I'd like you to forward a link to this podcast to one other person in your network. Yep, that's right. Right now. While you're listening, just hit that little share button and we'll move on. For new listeners, welcome. If you like what you hear, please tell a friend. If you don't like it, tell me. Not to sound too much like NPR. Well, I guess I do a little bit. Community support is what keeps this broadcast going. Thanks for listening, thanks for your support, and thanks for spreading the word. A colleague of mine, Sue Jasmine, heard that I was going to be talking to you, and she wanted me to ask, how can women network if they're predominantly remote? Ooh, um, that's a hard one. We're finding a lot of power in Facebook groups. There seem to be um, a lot of really very specific groups to specific topics. For example, there's a really great... Austin women in UX group. That's mm -hmm. so specific and so localized. 
And that's a very strong network. It's not big, but it's very strong. And so I think looking for um, kind of where the masses are and, and just asking women that are a little bit further in your career that have either been remote or are part of your remote team asking, how are you networking outside? How, how are you doing this? And a lot of it is based on what city you're in, of course, even if your team may be in San Francisco, but you may be in Houston. And so you would be looking for Houston tech happy hour type thing, going offline and seeing if, you know, going to one of those events, are, are they people that are interesting to you? Are they people you can talk to? Are they people that have similar career paths that you either have or want to have? And um, so I would say focusing on your city and finding where the tech happy hours are. Um, and that means, you know, getting off the computer, which is not my favorite thing, but <laughs> we host networking events. So I do have to get offline sometimes or finding the power in the Facebook groups. And, you know, some of the Facebook groups may not be your exact niche. For example, um, Lesbians Who Tech is a really strong group online, especially Facebook. I'm not a lesbian, but I'm an ally and I'm in the group and I'm supportive. I'm treated just like any other group member and we're all networking with each other. Being remote is a challenge, but using the internet to find the small pockets that are either close to your interest or close to your geography or close to your job title or any combination of those three that's definitely where it's at when you're remote. And I'm remote as well. So I, I have that challenge. And it's something that's been difficult because I like being away. <laughs> I'm fine being in a quiet room by myself most of the day, just finding the pockets, Facebook groups. There's power and LinkedIn groups with kind of the same combination and going to whatever's going on in your city. Human contact is so important. When you think about the ultimate list that you've created here, what do you think the future is of that list. How do you plan on expanding that? I have about 150 names I have to add to it that are I just haven't done and I will. Instead of building them out for other cities, um, what I'll probably do is put a white paper together on how we created it, um, suggest other cities and reach out to some leaders in other cities to do the same. And we'll just probably republish them on our site so that they have as much exposure as possible since the American Genius is national. But um, yeah, so I think instead of um, making it a full-time job, making these lists, I think giving other cities the power to do so, because it is easier when somebody's in a city and they know, here's the places to put this call out to, and really knowing where the truly talented people are and encouraging people that otherwise wouldn't speak, which is, that was the biggest part of making the list was not just the pulling the list together, but convincing people that otherwise don't think that they should be on stage, that they should. The way I explain it to people is, look, I'm a glorified child and I've been on stage hundreds of times. Nobody probably should have ever invited me to be on stage because I'm basically an idiot, but kind of like a stereotypical guy, I didn't really care because I'm willing to say I don't know on stage if I don't know something. If somebody doesn't like me for that, I don't really care <laughs> and that's fine. I do challenge a lot of people to think more like that. And for women that are intimidated, which I don't think intimidation is the big factor, but for women that are feeling held back in any way, I usually just tell them, act and think like a typical stereotypical male that you think is holding you back. Because that's what I hear a lot is, I'm being held back. Well, okay, then, then stop being held back. Think more like that. Now, in a corporate setting, that's totally different. But if we're talking about like getting on stage for conferences, that's not something you have to go through a million different political 
uh, circles to make happen. I don't know, that's kind of a callous view, but I, I think I've just, I, I'm so turned off by that one situation where somebody was bullied on stage and I just thought that bullying your way into a vanity situation of saying, oh, we're diverse because we have women, I don't, that doesn't help anybody. So I'm, I'm pretty jaded because of that, <laughs> honestly. One thing that's worth noting is that any conference or event, like for some of our smaller events in town, we'll have four or five panelists and that's it. It's not a, it'll, you know, be 50, 60 people in attendance. I just think that striving for this diversity, this very basic male female ratio is so important because like minds attract. If you walk into a room filled with people that don't look like you, you instantly already feel kind of an outcast. There's a great book and it's, over there in a stack somewhere. Um, so I don't remember the author's name, but it's called, it was first published in the 90s and it's been since republished. And it's called, Why Do All the Black Kids Sit Together at the Cafeteria? And it was such a great explanation of um, why we self-segregate and not just by gender, but by race or different, different things, like whatever our number one thing we identify as. And it makes perfect sense because in my mind, we always go towards people that look like us or that are safe, that look like our parents. Let's say I was adopted by black parents. My friends are most likely gonna be black because the safest people in my life are my parents. Whatever your, the model of your parents are, people traditionally kind of lean towards. So if an attendee walks into your either online or offline space and nobody looks like them, if they or what their comfort is, then they're already kind of feeling excluded and like maybe their line of thinking or where they're coming from, not just that it's not represented, their line of thinking may not actually be welcome. And so that's one reason that diversity is so important with events instead of just, I. and I only stress that over and over again because people do come to the list and say, okay, I need to have at least one female and there's not a real reason for it. And so thinking through the reason I think is really important to make your attendees feel welcome represented and their way of thinking might be welcome in that room. And that's, that's the true reason for that diversity and the reason that we push so hard for it. This is the DevSecOps Days podcast. DevSecOps Days podcast is supported by OWASP, dedicated to enabling organizations to conceive, develop, acquire, operate, and maintain applications that can be trusted and with support from the Sonatype Nexus platform, allowing companies to automatically monitor and remediate open source risk. <laughs>